Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Pastor David Fountain of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Pastor David teaches through God's Word. loves God must love his brother also. In Philippians 1.27 he says, let your conduct be worthy of the good news of Jesus. Stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. He says our relationship with him will always show up in our relationship with other people. As Christians, we are the body of Christ. Today, Pastor David asks us to work on our relationship with the Lord, and in turn, that will strengthen our other relationships. Are we displaying the fruit of God's Spirit in the bonds we have with our brothers and sisters? We need to be unified in building up the Kingdom of God. Stick around after today's message from Pastor David. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast, subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor David in the book of Romans chapter 15 as he continues his message to the glory of God. Paul prayed for the church to receive God's patience and comfort. And that's what he talks about, the patience and comfort of the scriptures, that God, God's patience and comfort would shape us. And if you think about those, those are particularly relational. Those are, in a sense, the bedrock of relationship. Comfort is what makes it a relationship and not just that you know each other, in a sense, right? If I'm comfortable with you, that's what makes somebody a friend and not just like an acquaintance, right? And that's why, like, if you've known the same person at your grocery store, the same cashier for the last 10, 15 years, and it's like you feel like friends because you're so comfortable with each other. We become comfortable. That becomes relationship. It becomes deeper than just knowing each other. The other side of it, patience, is what makes a relationship last. And we need both of those. And both require intentionality. Obviously, patience requires intentionality, right? You have to choose patience. It doesn't just happen. But even comfort in a relationship requires intentionality. It requires work. That We need to actually choose to earn each other's trust and to do the things that build relationship. And Jesus told us that our obedience in these areas is actually really integral to the mission that he's given us of proclaiming the gospel, that this is not like a separate thing. In John 13, he told us, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. As I have loved you, you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. In 1 John chapter 4, he says, If someone says, I love God, but hates his brother, he is a liar. He who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? 
This is the commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. In Philippians 1.27, he says, let your conduct be worthy of the good news of Jesus. Stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. He says our relationship with him will always show up in our relationship with other people. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. If any of those things are out of order, it's a warning sign that things are out of order with him. But a lot of times you're going to notice that your patience is out of order with somebody in your world. That's where that's going to show up. Your kindness, your faithfulness. You might down the line recognize it in your relationship with Jesus. But first of all, what you're going to, you may recognize, I'm being really lazy at work or I'm snapping at my kid or I'm not gentle in the way that I talk with my coworkers. That's the first thing you're going to start realizing this is out of order. And that's an invitation to deal with it with him, to unpack, okay, where's this coming from? Why am I not exuding your fruit, Holy Spirit? And Jesus is with us right now. Just ask him right now. How is the fruit of his spirit in your life? Are there any fruits we need to work on that are out of order? How is my relationship with you affecting my relationship with others? Again, it's so much bigger than just being nice. It's not about just being nice. The point is that this is directly connected to our mission. It's what he's called us to do. This is the the underlying conditioning that enables us to go the distance. If you're a soldier in the military, they don't just like drop you in Afghanistan. First, they train you and you develop the strength and the skills to be able to do the mission. This is the underlying conditioning that is vital. This is the difference between succeeding and not, that you deal with the conditioning underneath, that you deal with with that first with him. He goes on in verse 8, and he says, Now I say that Jesus, the Messiah, has become a servant to the circumcision, to the people of Israel, for the truth of God to confirm the promises made to the fathers, and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, for this reason I will confess to you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again he says, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you nations, laud him, all you peoples. And again, Isaiah says, there shall be a root of Jesse, that's the anointed family. There should be a king from that family. And he who will rise to reign over the Gentiles, in him the nations will hope. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Point number three is that God's past faithfulness proves he will be faithful. He came to the fathers. He came to Israel to fulfill the promises that he'd made since Adam and Eve. He promised there would be a seed of humanity that would crush the work of the enemy from Adam and Eve. And he came and fulfilled his promise. And he says, he will, therefore, we can trust that he will be faithful. And the point here, we miss it so often. 
Most of our Christianity, I think, is about the fact that Jesus has come, which is important and is significant. And he tells us that is the proof of his love and the proof of his power. But the expectation that he gives us, the promise that he gives us, is that he is returning to restore all things. That is the hope that we have, that everything that's broken, everything that you feel broken in yourself, everything that you see broken in your world, there's a day that it will be dealt with, that it'll be healed. He's proven to us that he's capable and that he's invested. So we need to anchor ourselves in that. He says, I'm praying that he would fill you with the the hope that it would abound, that we would overflow with that. Acts chapter 3, verse 21, he says, Heaven must receive Jesus until the time of restoration of all things that God spoke by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. Revelation 21, John says of the future, he says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth because the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And also there was no more sea. And then I, John, saw the holy city the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. He will dwell with us, and we will be his people. He himself will be with us and be our God, and he will wipe away every tear from our eyes. And then there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying, nor pain, because those things will have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Right, these words are faithful and true. And he said to me, It is done. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to the one who thirsts, and he who overcomes will inherit all things. I will be his God, and he will be my son. Jesus told us this is why we can trust him. Do not fear, little flock. It's your Father's good pleasure to give you his kingdom for you to inherit all things. is one of those books that you go to if you want the foundational pieces of Christianity. It provides you with the solid backbone of what to believe as a Christian. Today, you heard just one message from a whole series in the book of Romans. As you continue listening to these teachings, you'll notice God's intent and heart in bringing salvation to every lost soul. There are some verses in the final chapter that say, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. It's remarkable when you think about it. Have you gained some great insights from today's teaching? If you'd like to hear more messages like this one, check out our podcasts page at mainthingradio.com. You can also find us on Instagram. Follow the link on our website. Again, that's mainthingradio.com. We'd love to hear from you too. If you have any questions about what you heard, or if you'd like prayer, give us a call at 305-531-2730. That's 305-531-2730.
2730. We're so glad you joined us today in the Book of Romans. Our time with you is about up, but we look forward to what God wants to teach each one of us next time. Connect with the Lord on your own and make sure to come back here for our next edition of Main Thing Radio.